Hello, welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK fantasy football and NFL podcast. I'm Lewis Brindle. I'm Alex Brindle. And I'm Alex Sharples. Thanks for joining us. So week five's just happened. Um, you know, in your leagues, you could be flying pretty high at four and one, or you could be firmly planted on the floor at two and three. I'm not talking about anyone specific, just that's, that's, what, that's Hilarious. what could be happening in your leagues right now. But let's get right into it and look at week five that's just happened and talk about some of the players, some of the player highlights. Um, Taysom Hill, is he the most annoying player in the league? Chapels. Yeah. Uh I don't think he's annoying. Uh I think I think the tight end position is one of those where you can afford a boom bust guy and he is the boomiest, bustiest guy in the entire league. Um so I, I don't find him annoying. I think, yeah, obviously it's not fun to look at it and see 1.5, but then that one week you turn it on and he's got you 39 points from a tight end position. I mean, come on. That's what, that's, that's what we play fantasy like the, for. It's such a stretch saying from the tight end position yeah, as well. All those points came from lining up as a tight yeah. end, which is annoying. I, full, I fully fully agree, boys, but what's his position sheet on the app? Mm-hmm. Tight end. Um, I mean, my conclusion for the week was that running backs are well and truly back. You know, uh, you had Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Ramandre Stevenson, Raheem Mostert, Damien Pierce, Jeff Wilson, Brees Hall, all with really great fantasy games. And the majority of those guys had the best game of the season from a fantasy perspective this past week. Uh, any running backs stick out to you this week, Al? My boy Damien Pierce, mate. He's a beast. Um,. I'm going to mention him again in a little bit because I believe he was uh, he was one of my player picks from last week. But yeah, like he just looks like a solid player, solid, solid. Well, a really good player, should I say? Um, breaking tackles, I think. What was it? PFF clocked 17 broken tackles on runs, which is apparently a record because half of them came in that one run where he just he was breaking tackles for 20 straight yards, and like. The the thing that tells you he must be a pretty good player is that no running back on that Houston team has been able to be fantasy relevant or even real life good for at least the past three or four years. And this guy looks great and he's an undrafted rookie. Um, yeah, Damien Pierce all the way for me. Yeah, I mean, and just speaking from the running back position as well, it was nice to see Brian Robinson out there for the Manders, you know? Yeah, big time. Uh Nice to see him out there. Um, one of the games that that was obviously just, you know, it was fun to watch for one team was, was the Bills against the Steelers. And I just wanted to get both your opinions on this. So it looks too easy for Josh Allen sometimes. Like he just He's just massive. And I, I think when he throws the ball, it just like... It, it just looks nice. He's yeah, got such no. a good. He's got such a good sort of throw, and it just looks. It looks like he's throwing like a tennis ball on the 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 bomb touchdown, mm. the first bomb touchdown to Gabe Davis. It was like he, he, Alan Burley needs to even step into the throw. He doesn't need a run up or anything. He Burley even needs to step into it, and he just kind of pushes the ball with his arm and it flies like 50 yards. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and on, on Gabe Davis's big day, I'll come to you, Sharpers, with this. What do you make of it? Because 
Diggs had more than double the receptions and almost double the targets that Davis had, but Davis just broke two insane plays. So does that leave you sort of enthusiastic or a bit sceptical about Gabe Davis? I think uh, it's definitely enthusiastic about him, but I think you also have to temper that with some realism in that, you know, Stefan Diggs is the target monster on that team. Diggs will have the much higher floor. Not that Gabe Davis isn't a really competent wide receiver too, because he is. Um, and I think you'll get a, a good smattering of weeks like this. Uh, but if you ask me who I want for the rest of the season, it would still certainly be Stefan Diggs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Diggs is, is the guy, like you're saying. I mean, and also, speaking of broken players, you know, Gabe Davis's two touchdowns off massive, massive players. We had the same thing in the Monday night game with Devontae Adams, who broke, you know, two similar plays for 48 and 58 yards, both touchdowns. He had three receptions yeah. on the day, like Gabe Davis. Great game, overshadowed by an incredibly stupid decision um, when he pushed the camera around because the Raiders are awful and, the, and they lost. Um, I mean, really stupid move, but he's, apolog- he's going to get fined. Probably suspended. A fine, or will will there be a suspension? Do we know? Probably a suspension. I mean, it should be a suspension. The guy you can't do that. The guy. And the apology yeah. was was, and you, you can say all you want. Devontae Adams has never done this before, do you? But he did it. He did it. This is this is how these things wreck up. No one ever does anything until the first time they do something. Yeah. You know, and and it, it was shocking. It was like you can't do that. And the apology was weak. It's like own it, mate. You know, what I mean, own it. Accept a suspension. Uh, and I believe the the cameraman has filed a police report. So good, you know. And yeah, and from that game last night, it's just sure to get the zero value in, ever, in having any Chiefs pass catcher outside Kelsey. Four touchdowns. He was just snatching them all, you know. Um, but let's move on to the teams of the week. Al, any any notes on any of the teams this past week? Yeah, I mean, uh, are the Giants legit? Is is kind of one of the first things that I want to mention, like four and one, it gets to a point where we can't ignore it as much as we want to kind of want to say the Packers were awful, whoever they played the week before were awful, you know. Um, what do you lads reckon of the Giants and the, the red hot start to the season? I wasn't sold on them, but uh, my brother is a Giants fan and he's been messaging me about them all season and he said um, he's not been convinced either but the next five or six games for the Giants uh, probably one of the easiest runs in the league so considering some of the teams that they have beaten yeah I mean I think they'll get crushed in the playoffs when they come up against a real opponent but uh, I mean doesn't mean they can't finish the season on something daft like 14 and 3 so by saying that that when they come up against a real opponent. So are we writing the Packers off this year as... <laughs> uh, not a genu- no, genuine no, no, question, no, 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 no. because I, think... I was just thinking to myself, oh, they played the Packers this week. Oh, but are we are we not looking at the Packers the same way that we have been? Is that definitive now? I don't think so. I think the Packers have had, still had a decent defence this year, and I think they're actually getting it together a bit on offence until the Giants just stomped them in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a good win. For the Giants, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like, best story of the weekend, you know, is it is there a more unexpected story, I'd say, than, than the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object? I'm, I'm, of course, talking about the Patriots shutting out the best <laughs> offence in the league, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. What happened here? Um, oh, 
I, I mean, I unfortunately I'm going to have to talk about golf in a little while, but yeah, uh, it, it's kind of predictable. It's like whenever you've got like a, I, I want, I don't want to say young head coach because by young I mean like new head coach, Dan Campbell's second year in the league. And it seems like until you've got at least four years in the league, you just can't beat Bill Belichick. It's impossible to. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the difference between feel-good factor and actual coaching nows. Like, it's like when you get a, a Cinderella Cup run in the FA Cup and the plucky League 2 team gets all the way to, you know, Anfield away, and then Klopp puts seven past them. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there is levels to it. Yeah. Agreed. That's a good point. Uh, and then we have the Bengals-Ravens. Um, I mean, I, you know, I know we've passed the play section, but I just want to ask what what happened to T. Higgins on this, in this game, you know? Ben, Ravens won, but, like, Al... Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, on the game, it again, like the Ravens-Bills the week before, it was a disappointing game, both for fantasy and real life, you know, not not the fireworks that you'd hoped for. Um, and we were speaking to our older brother the other day, and he was quite worried about the Bengals. And yeah, there's a Super Bowl hangover that the Rams are definitely suffering from, but I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not worried about... The Bengals, they've had a stinker of a schedule to open the season. And I, you're hearing it here first. I wouldn't be surprised if they win four or even five of the next five games. Four or five on the bounce now. I think I think they'll be fine. But yeah, T Higgins, um, I don't know. What did happen? Why, why did they allow him to play if the injury was clearly so susceptible to re-injury to the point where... He barely even played a snap. And I was listening to a really great fantasy football podcast this morning where they talked about how the head coach, Zach Taylor, said, yeah, you know, T T Higgins was there and we, we could have used him situationally. And the guys on the podcast said, well, what situation would you have used him in if you weren't going to use him in a one-score game in the fourth quarter against a division rival? <laughs> What what yeah. situation are you waiting for then? You know what I mean? Um, so the T. Higgins one, as someone who really likes and has um, shares in T. Higgins, a bit worrying because he probably shouldn't have been out there. But yeah. yeah true. True. So let's, let's get on to our three little categories of the week. Our impressive win, Sharples. Uh, my impressive win, uh, one we touched on before, just that the Patriots absolutely crushing the Lions, and not only getting 29 points out of an offense which sometimes is like a rickety tugboat, but also stopping the Lions. You know when they've been really firing this season. Uh, as you know, Lou Amon Ra St. Brown was kept uh, very quiet, and uh, he was not the only piece. So yeah, Patriots uh, shutting the Lions out. Al, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> Obviously the Cowboys. <laughs> You know, bit of a bias, me and Lou are Cowboys fans, but yeah, here we go. I mean, major Super Bowl hangover for the Rams that I just mentioned, but Cowboys, 4-1 and one in a period that was supposed to be damage limitation whilst Dak was out. Possibly the best defence in the league, you know, Pollard and Zeke are both getting involved. The Zeke, the Zeke, Zeke stat line 
He's really not a fantasy stat line. However, he had like 80 yards on the ground, which for what you want this team to do is good. Him and mm. Pollard are both getting <clears throat> yards. And I kind of, as a Cowboys fan, I went into that mode of forgetting about fantasy and just thinking, see, 80 yards on the ground, that's a nice kind of game, you know. Uh, CD, he's, he's chipping away. Gallup, it's so great to see Gallup back because I genuinely don't know if there's many. Maybe maybe there's only DeAndre Hopkins in the league that catches those sideline passes as good as Gallup yeah, does. Yeah, there was one where he looked like he, he broke his ankle yeah. keeping it in bounds. It's great you know. seeing back. And just can't wait for Dak to get back. The only thing I would say is, like, with Cooper rushing there now, they're having to be quite conservative and efficient but creative on offence. And I want to know why they don't play like that with Dak in there. Is there that sentiment... Or that feeling of when you have a baller at quarterback, just go out and let them ball and don't think too much of it. When clearly, if they, if they get this creative and adaptive when Dak's back, this is a, a bit of a force, I think. Um, so yeah, Cowboys impressive win. Yeah, I Cowboys are mine as well, obviously being a Cowboys fan. But it was an impressive win. And I mean, check the tape. I said they would win last <laughs> week. Um, because they just looked really good and the Rams have looked really, really sloppy. And... On offense, and I mean, you can't have a sloppy offense and a really good defense. That's how they're going to win it. And I share a lot of the same sentiments you just said. You know, they're winning it with the defense, they're managing the game on offense, and they look really good. Um, not buying it, win. Uh, I'm going to go the Jets just because, in the manner in which they won, you know, they're not going to put up 40 points every week. And the Dolphins were down to like a third string undrafted rookie quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from the Jets. It was a nice win, but just for, obviously, what the win looks like on paper, that's my not buying it win. Sherpels. Uh Yeah, mine was the same. Uh, I, d- I do like this Jets team. I think it's really young and exciting, but uh, I think Al's exactly right. It was a beat-up Dolphins team. They scored five rushing touchdowns, which is pretty insane. Um, and, yeah, I just... As, I think they're going to be a really good team in a couple of years, but I, I think this might be one of the high points of an otherwise not brilliant season. Mm. Yeah, I have to agree with that. My Mine was the Colts, because I just think both the teams are horrid, really. Be so true. it's like, yeah. Uh, on that game, just, just very briefly, are we worried about the options on either team, Sharples? Yes. Sharples, not you. Sharples can't know what you're going to say. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Sharples. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think unless you've got a kicker for either of those teams, yeah, you've got to be worried. Uh, I mean, no touchdown scored in the entire game. Uh, Russell Wilson looks bad. Cortland Sutton is probably the only piece that I'd consider. Jerry Judy's been an absolute nothing factor. Pittman, uh, you know, uh, for all his wide receiver one potential, just hasn't done it. Matt Ryan looks absolutely revolting. Um, so yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's a very, very, uh, murky situation for both teams. I think offensively. Can we agree lads to until both or one of these teams turn, turns a corner and by that, I mean, wins at least two games convincingly on the bounce. Can we just not talk about them anymore? Because we may as well rename this podcast, We're Worried About the Colts and the Broncos, because it, it's all we talk yeah, about every I know, week. I know. So let's, let's not talk it's about It's because, them. like, you know, there's, there was so much potential going into both teams, you know, quarterbacks who have been historically good in the league, young wide receivers who are on the verge of breaking out, uh, and it, it just... It just hasn't materialised at the minute. Mm. But um, worst team in the league, I reckon. 
we might not share this, but Sharples, give us yours first. Uh, mine remains as it was last week uh, with the stinky, stinky Washington Commanders. Okay. Interesting. Hot take considering that the Carolina Panthers play in the NFL. <laughs> Mine's the Panthers. <laughs> bye bye, Matt Rule. Hold the taxi because uh, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be far behind. Yeah. Um, Panthers for me as well. You know, I mean, Matt Rule just wasn't getting the job done. Uh, they've got good players on offense who just aren't getting utilized. Good players on offense does not include Baker Mayfield. He's crap. Cow, cow. Uh, oh, what's here again? Oh yeah, of bird, course yeah. it is. It's bird watching. Oh, it must be time for another edition of bird watch. Yes, we. Uh, when we last left the New Orleans Saints, they were getting ready to play the Seattle Seahawks in round two of the Bird Gauntlet, um, and good news, boys, as forecasted by both us and the bookies, the Saints win. Uh, and also the uh, points differentials. They won 39-32. Uh, Taysom Hill, as we've already mentioned, was an absolute monster. 112 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. Um, you know, I said to pick up Taysom Hill in week one, just in case you remember. I said he was going to be boom bust. And well, you've had your bust. Enjoy your boom. I mean, it was a boom for all booms. Um, so, yeah. Two and two for two uh, in the old bird gauntlet. Birdwatch will resume in week seven when they play those pesky cardinals. Mm, I mean, played well. It's almost as if they knew about the bird gauntlet because yeah. they 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 dug deep to win that game. Really, there was a certain fire in the belly. For some reason, like stupidly on our first podcast, I'm pretty sure I I picked them to lose. Uh, a few of the games, and this was one of them. This was one of them, and they'd literally dug deep, and they just they, they were going hell for leather yeah. to win, to dominate this this bird gauntlet. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of injuries this week. It's some very notable ones. I'll just run through them quickly. So, Rashad Penny, fractured fibula, probably going to be out for the season, unfortunately. Um, which is you know he's having a great season, but you know. As morbid as it is to say, you know, this is the thing with Rashad Penny. This is why people picked up Kenneth Walker, because Rashad Penny, his body just doesn't want to play football. Um, this was this was news. Russell Wilson partially torn lat muscle in his throwing shoulder, apparently dealing with this prior to the Colts game. That's why. So that's why he's been crap for five <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, I mean, says he's going to play through it, meant. As someone who owns Russell Wilson in, you know, in plenty of leagues, I would rather him sit it out for a few weeks and then come back stronger and then find a replacement in those two to three yep. weeks instead of yep. having to find a replacement every week because he's bad. Um, Damien Harris, hamstring strain, left the game in the second quarter, will be out multiple weeks, it's being said. So Ramandre Stevenson in for a big workload. I'll talk about him in a bit. Chris Olave and Pat Frymuth both exited their games with concussions. Um, Going to miss time probably more than usual due to the recent changes and circumstances in the league surrounding concussions. Uh, Tyreek Hill was seen with a foot, uh, with a, with a um, walking boot on, foot sprint apparently, but you know they say he's good to go, but just monitor that. Uh, Dalton Schultz a near injury should miss time. He's been rubbish anyway, so don't matter. Mm. James Connor and two other Cardinals running backs exited that game against the Eagles with injuries. So monitor that as well. Um, and that's the injuries this week. And but... I just want to mention Darren Waller as well. 
the walrus. hamstring tweak. He was another one like T. Higgins were. If you didn't watch the game, you'd have looked at your, your fantasy score and thought, oh, did they miss? No, no, he played. He just got injured right near the start. But bye week now, so I've got two weeks to heal up. So should be mm. good. Yeah. So, as always, we, we love accountability on this podcast. We're going to go over who we picked for last week at quarterback running back wide receiver. Up. We've got my spreadsheet up. Tight end. So, um, I mean, Al, if you've got the spreadsheet up, do you want to run us through yours and maybe a couple of the other ones? I'm going to start at running back, I think, and finish on quarterback. Um, Damien Pierce, 20.3 fantasy points. Seen a big, big green H on my spreadsheet, which means hit, because um, Pierce scored... Uh, more than three points above his projection. So it was a nice one. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about Pierce uh, than what I said before, other than that he looks great and uh, almost a, a lineup block every week. Uh, Woods, it just this is just a nothing. Uh, 7.7, really disappointing uh, from Bobby Trees. Disappointing from pass catchers in general in Tennessee. Uh, Derek Henry went off, though, which uh, is usually the recipe for a Titans victory. Um, so, yeah. Don't really know what you do with any of these pass catchers. Obviously, the reason I put him in was because Traylon Burks has officially been put onto IR now, I think. But um, yeah, really disappointing one from Woods. Um, but he didn't kill you, 7.7, so this is what it is. Uh, Knox was out, so we're getting an NA on that one. But foot injury, he just can't get going this season. Um I'd probably put him in the wait and see category now. If you've got him on your team, you know you're gonna to have to pivot until you see him have a good game. And I'm just gonna to have to finish on on the big, the big old L that I took this week with Jared Goff. Uh, five fantasy points. The the lines just didn't show up. You know they couldn't get anything going. They need Swift back. They need Amara healthy. Um, and they need to not play against Bill Belichick and a really good Patriots defense, I would say. But sorry about that one. Uh, that's uh, that's a, a bad one for me. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, for me, quarterback James Winston didn't play. Um, the Saints, uh, the Saints passed it for. 209 yards and two touchdowns and one interception between Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill, which is 14.72 fantasy points if you're adding it up. So, you know, it's a middling week, really. Um, Raheem most attempts was yeah. a hit. He was yeah. a hit. Well, 90 point, two fantasy points. that one? Uh, 18 attempts, 133 yards, one touchdown, and one catch for nine yards. He was a hit. Uh, Chris Godwin... Bit of a nothing, really, 12.3 fantasy points. Buccaneers just seem a bit off it this year. Like, they just completely take the foot off the gas. They, they let the Falcons back in that game. Um, so, yeah, Chris Godwin, nothing to nothing to shout about, really. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard said he would have his best game of the season, and he did. Uh, eight catches, 95 yards, 17.5 fantasy points. Really good. Uh, Sharples, I mean... I'm looking at the graph here, and you you can't you you I mean you really can pick these wide receivers, mate. Run us through yours. 
Uh, yeah, no, uh, I needed a bounce back week from last week. Disappointed, and uh, I feel like I got it. We'll start with the with the bad pick. Uh, I went for Russell Wilson. I was trying to ride the hot hand. Um, 274 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. I don't know if the shoulder injury affected him, but from the sounds of it, it did. Um, the only person who looked worse than him on the pitch was Matt Ryan. Um, you know, as we mentioned before, this was just a bad game to have pieces in. There was no touchdowns in it at all. All the points were scored via kicks, and the horse bowl uh, lived up to its name in that horses are also bad at football. <laughs> um, but moving on to some uh, some better picks. Uh, running back, I went for Dalvin Cook. Um, obviously, we, you know, Dalvin Cook's got the big name factor, but he hadn't shown it yet. And I, I thought this would be his breakthrough week. And it was uh, 94 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that positive touchdown regression that we uh, talked about, Lou, came back in full force. Uh, another 18 carries. And... You just can't have that many carries and be that talented and not score touchdowns. So it was nice to see that um, that theory show some validity. Um, is he back for the full season? I don't know. Do I care? No. Chalk up another hit. Uh, moving on to wide receiver. Uh, I went for Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, another hit, yeah. Five receptions, 104 yards and two touchdowns. And, and I think we were saying a couple of weeks ago how we weren't convinced by the Seahawks' offense, but it, it is looking like it, it might just be something. Both Lockett and Metcalf are uh, lapping it up. Uh, Lockett's snuck up to wide receiver eight this year. Um, always seems to outperform his draft position, but this is ridiculous. Just wondered, boys, before I move on to my tight end, do we think the Seattle bubble will burst, or is this going to continue? No, because they're not. I don't think them or Geno Smith are doing anything that's particularly like that they can't replicate. It's not like the the getting a, a bomb touchdown every week or it's just like completely missed tackles or busted coverages that they look like what they're doing is stuff that they can carry on doing throughout the season. Same with Geno Smith, really impressed with him. Uh, I like Seattle as a as a like the I still think the Lions are a really fun team and I like the the Seahawks as a fun team as well. I think yeah, I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, same. I think Geno Smith's a good quarterback and he's throwing the ball to two of the best receivers in the league. So, yeah. Be an interesting one. And then finally, just to wrap up, my tight end was uh, Tyler Higby. Um, not quite the volume he got last uh, the week before, but still 10 targets, seven receptions for 46 yards. Uh, I thought he'd be a high floor guy and that's that's definitely what you're seeing from him. Soaking up all the, the Matt Stafford panic throws. Um, and yeah, been a, been a safe choice for the season so far and should hopefully continue. Yeah, great. I mean, I'm just looking at the the graph sharples, and I mean, at wide receiver, you've had zero sort of middling weeks, um, four hits and one miss. You know, I mean, you were here first, folks. Alex Sharples called Amon Ross St. Brown's 39.4 fantasy point game, and Tyler Lockett's 27.4 fantasy game. So, I mean, maybe Sharples is the one to listen to at wide receiver. I mean, you know, your only two hits at running back have been Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook, so. <laughs> I Mr. Think, Cold um, returns. I, yeah. I think it's going to be the flip this week. I'm confident in my running back pick, but I think you might see another miss on the wide receiver. But hey, you know, it's good I to take. I, a like, I like the gamble. I like the gamble. Yeah. So we're we'll we're coming at the first bye weeks of the season. Uh, you know, every every season, usually between weeks six and fourteen, teams they'll, they'll essentially have a week off, which provides its own complications for fantasy football, as you know. You might have 
one of those players who isn't playing that week, you need to look to your bench or to the waiver wire, which is what we're going to do. Now, uh, this week's bye weeks are the Lions, the Texans, the Raiders and the Titans. Uh, Alex, who's your first waiver pickup? Well, I've gone two running backs in the same division uh, this week. The first one is easily the biggest pickup of the week if he's still out there. On ESPN, he is still out there in more than 50% of leagues, which is why I'm saying Kenneth Walker, uh, running back for the Seahawks, Lou, you just mentioned, Penny, who is, I believe, is out for the season, uh, which means Walker will be the lead guy going forward. He looked really good at the weekend. He had a nice long run for a touchdown, and he's he's just clearly, clearly the guy to go for this week. He's got a lot of potential. He was a second-round pick this past year, and he's got the backfield to himself, so yeah. Get this guy in your roster if you can. Make him your priority, especially if you're struggling at running back. Nice one, Sharples. Who's one of your waiver picks? Um, so I've gone for Mr. Sweetcorn himself, Randall Cobb, uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Um, 13 targets last week. Um, and it's hard to predict the Packers wide receiver room. I think there's a lot of people all around about a similar level. Um, but Cobb's available in... Well, sorry, I should say he's only rostered in, I believe, 15% of leagues, so he's out there. Um, and I think he's he's still one of the few who has Rodgers' complete trust. Uh, I remember a couple of seasons ago, they brought him back in specifically because Rodgers asked for him. Uh, and I think when you've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's willing to give you the ball, it's it's always a good potential for fantasy. So, um, yeah, Randall Cobb of the Green Bay Packers. Nice. I'm going to go Geno Smith. Um, he's been playing great. I know, um, I know Alex said Gino last week, but um, I mean, he's still only rostered in less than 40% of leagues, which is outrageous considering the level of football he's been consistently playing. I mean, he's, he's a really solid starting quarterback so far this year. Um, so he should be rostered to be on your bench at the very least as a streaming quarterback. Al? Yeah, uh, the other running back, I'm going Eno Benjamin of the Cardinals. Um, he was a running back for the Cardinals who didn't get hurt this past week. Uh, and especially the the main running back that you're looking uh, in terms of injuries, you're looking for James Connor and his availability. And if he misses, Benjamin's going to get a bump in his usage. Um, he's already... Been using the receiving games, getting about three per game, but if you add some work on the ground to that, uh, it could be really nice. Now, it's probably only going to be a one-week w- rental, really, um, but if Connor misses, he's a really good stream this week against Seattle. So, yeah, um, not not as high priority as Walker, but if you need like a, a really solid streamer this week and Connor is going to miss, then uh, get in or Benjamin. Nice one, Sharples. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a deep cut with this one. He's he's not not on the on the upper part of the list for projections, but I've gone for Wondale Robinson, the wide receiver for New mm, York Giants. I like that. Uh, I like that. Yeah, he's back in his questionable for the first time since the start of the season, where he's, he's been showing us out since then, and he looked really good in preseason. And also that that Giants wide receiver room is there for the taking. There's been you know a lot of people who've had the chance to take it by the scruff of the neck, and they've not really done it. So I think if he can get healthy and come back and show that sort of preseason form, he he could be a, a really good pickup. 
Um, it's it's a little bit of a gamble, a little bit of a shot in the dark. But you know, whether you're high up in the league and you can afford to take that risk, or you're low down and you yeah you need something to maybe just give yourself a boost. I think Wandale could be a good pickup for the rest of the season. And the thing about Wandale to mention as well is this coaching staff drafted him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah. at this point, one of the only reasons outside of injury that I can imagine that they're not using Kaduri's Tony is because they might not be gelling with him or they might not like him a lot. They drafted Wandale, so they're going to be playing him. So, yeah, I like <clears> that a lot. And listen, if he is active, you need a spot start. I mean, the Ravens have been horrible against wide receivers. And that's who the Giants are against. Um, I'm going to go Marvin Jones. He's rostered in less than 30% of the leagues. Um, he had a poor game in week four against Philadelphia, but, I mean, lots of people are having poor games against Philadelphia. But outside of that, Marvin Jones has seen five or more targets in every game, including going seven for 104 on off 11 targets this past week. Um, he's got a tough matchup against the Colts this week, but, you know, he's still a decent wide receiver who is still demanding targets. Lads, it's me, Alex. Um, just in case people got confused because me and Lou sound the exact same. Uh, I thought it would be really fun this week to test our convictions on our preseason MVP picks. Uh, play a bit of a game of stick or twist. So we're going to offer each other a player in exchange for our fantasy MVP, who we can swap out, and that player becomes our fantasy MVP for the rest of the season. Uh, but instead of explaining it, I'll just I'll show you what I mean by offering Lou. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer Lou's player. Uh, now, Lou, do you want to keep Cortland Sutton as your fantasy football MVP for the rest of the season, or would you like to to swap him for a Manra Saint Brown? <sighs> um, it's a good one. It's a good question. Um, I mean. I've been all about Colton Sutton on the podcast. I think he's great. I think he's been doing great, even with poor quarterback play. But uh, the thing that Amam Rasset Brown has ahead of him is that he has that ceiling that we've not seen from Sutton yet. Whereas I, w- I would argue Sutton has the floor that we've not seen from Amam Ra. Amam Ra has, I mean, in the last game that he played this past week against New England, he completely busted. Um, whereas... Sutton has been consistent every week. This is a tough one. I mean, can I get advice? No. (laughs) No. This is on you. Um, Just because I don't see that much of a discrepancy between them right now, I'm going to stick with Sutton. I think Sutton is playing well. Um... He is doing what I thought he was going to do, even though it's a lot uglier than I thought it was going to be. Um, and 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 I trust this Denver team to to figure it out and for Colton Sutton to have a much stronger back half of the year than front half of the year. And he's still been good. Um, Amanra is a great player. I'm looking at the numbers in front of me now and I'm thinking, why am I taking Sutton? But um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with Sutton. On that one. Okay, very well done, Lou. I thought you were going to fold like a deck chair then, mate, but very well done. Uh, I believe you've got a proposition for Sharples. I do, I do. So, Sharples is king, his MVP, Kyler Murray. But what if I offered you Lamar Jackson? And now, 
I'm I'm gonna offer this to you, Sharples, because Lamar Jackson has had some some fantastic games. He's you know borderline MVP of the actual league this year, but you might not know that Kyler Murray he's had he's had more higher finishes than Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray has finished ahead of Lamar Jackson in the fantasy football standings three of the five weeks. But I mean, you know. Lamar's still Lamar's still ahead of him in the overall rankings. So just tell us your thinking there, Sharples. Lamar Jackson over Kyler Murray. What do you think? Uh, it's tough because I think you could argue we haven't seen the best of Kyler yet, given that DeAndre Hopkins uh, it has been out and obviously he comes back again in week six. But if you're talking about me personally, um, I would swap him for Lamar Jackson. Um I understand what he's saying about um, he's finished higher than than Lamar in three or five weeks, but in the weeks that Lamar's finished higher, he scored about forty points in those both in both of those weeks, and you just you, you can't argue with that. I mean, th- those are weak winning numbers, um, and also just watching Kyler Murray has been the most stressful thing this year because twice he's pulled it out of his ass in the third quarter and gone from a six point week to a twenty point week. So if I could have a time machine and go back and take Lamar Jackson, I think I'd be smoking a large cigar now with my feet on the table because I could see him still being the MVP uh, at the end of the season. Interesting. Well, we've we had... That's one swap. I mean, you know, you can stick to your convictions all you like and that's, you know, it's a respectful, but I, I would have lost all respect for you if you had have stuck with Calamari over Lamar there, Sharples, I'll be honest with you, mate. Uh, but have you got one... For me, I did. Um, we had a little chat about this before the show, and there was three names uh, circling around, and they were DK Metcalf, Hollywood Brown, and CD Lamb to trade for your initial pick of uh, Chris Godwin. But I've ruled out CD Lamb, and I've ruled out Hollywood Brown. I ruled out Hollywood because, as we just mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, so I felt like that was too easy of an out for you to say. I've also ruled out C.D. Lamb because I feel like he is just the absolute wide receiver one in his team, whereas D.K. Metcalf has a, a really good uh, sidekick, as does Chris Godwin. Um, so, yes, I will offer to you, you can swap Christopher J. Godwin for D.K. Metcalf. Oh, that's, that's a really, really good one, Sharples. I love D.K. Metcalf. I love them both. I love both players. But, yeah, I, I think D.K. Metcalf is a fantastic player and Seattle... Look really good at the minute. Um, oh, I've got his stats up in front of me. Um, obviously, Godwin is still not hit his stride because of the injury. The usage in terms of targets and receptions is, on av- average per game, he's already eclipsed what Metcalf is at. Um this is so hard because I wouldn't. If you were to ask me who's the better real life player, I don't know who I would pick. Um, and so for fantasy, Metcalf's probably the one on the team. But I don't know. Is it's one A and one A on on Seattle? I'm, I'm, yeah, I didn't misspeak. One A and one A. There's nothing between those those two players on Seattle. Uh, whereas I think Godwin and Evans do have quite defined and different roles in the Tampa Bay offense. But I'm going to say purely because I 
genuinely can't find anything between the players, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one on the quarterbacks and I'm gonna choose Tom Brady a million times over Geno Smith, so I will stay with Chris Godwin. Thank you very much for the offer. Proud fools. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start to look ahead to week six now though. Uh and we'll we'll kick it off with the only way that we know how and it's with Forget about it. It's nice of that man to come in every week. It and is just nice that one of him. word. Yeah. Mm, paying him a lot you know. for it though. We are paying yeah. him a lot for it. Uh players that are locked into your lineup. So at the quarterback position, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Forget about it. <laughs> Running back, Barkley, McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb Fournette, Johnny T. Mixon, Cook, Kamara. Forget about it! Wide receiver, Cup, Diggs, Hill, Jefferson, Hollywood, Chase, Lamb, Debo, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. Forget about it! And tight end, Andrews, Kelsey, Higby and Ertz. Forget about oh, it! They snuck on there, did they? Mm, they did. <laughs> they did, they did. I, don't, I, I think one of them's there to stay and the other one is, is called Zach Ertz. <laughs> but let's get into our starts of the week we'll start with running back um, I'll go first I'm going to go Ramandra Stevenson had a great week last week um, going 161 yards off 25 attempts on the ground caught a couple of passes for 14 yards as well as I mentioned earlier Darwin Harris is going to miss this next game and probably a couple others because of a hamstring injury um, and the Patriots are pretty pretty beat up at running back. You know, Ramandre Stevenson is by far the the lead back left. I feel, um, and I think last week was an example of what Stevenson can do with that lead back workload. The Patriots they they play the Browns this week, who have actually been pretty bad against running backs, giving up the fourth most yards and second most touchdowns to the position. The game script, it's not going to be near as positive as it was for the Patriots last week. But, I mean, Mac Jones is still might not play. So they're going to have to rely on the defence, that running game. Stevenson should be the forefront of it. He's going to have plenty of touches, plenty of opportunities. I think he's a really good start this week and for the foreseeable future. Al? Uh, I'm going to go Melvin Gordon. Uh it's a bit of a stinky on this. I know Gordon, um, he's, he didn't look great in the first month of the season particularly, but he's got a serious opportunity, obviously, with, with Javonte being out uh, for the season. That meant that Gordon got the bulk of the work last week, and he, and he looked all right. Um, but mainly, I'm, I'm playing the matchup here. Uh, the Chargers are the worst team in the league at defending the run, and it's it's kind of as simple as that, really. Uh, a running back that has got some some RB1 capability against a bad uh, running defence. So, yeah, Melvin Gordon. Sharples. Uh, I've gone for Brees Hall, uh, running back for the New York Jets. Um, he's been steady uh, all season, but he had a huge game last week. Uh, 18 carries, 97 yards, touchdown. And the real cherry, 100 receiving yards off two catches, mm-hmm. which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll repeat that again against the Packers, purely because I can't see him have... 
having back-to-back 100 yards receiving game, but I think he's a high-floor guy with a, a real upside because of his receiving work. Um, so, yeah, Brees Hall, I think, will be in for a good week against a middling Packers defence. It's a good pick. Tight end, I'm going Irv Smith uh, for the Vikings. He's had 25 targets on the season, which is a healthy number for someone that was pretty much undrafted in fancy drafts. Um and he's got the chance to make the most of those targets this week against the Dolphins defense that has been poor against tight ends so far this year. So Irv Smith is mine. Alex? Uh, I'm going to go Gerald Everett of the Chargers. You know, great season so far for Everett. Bad week last week, though. Um, but he's averaging six targets a game, which is very nice from a tight end. Doesn't look very promising for Keenan Allen to return this week, I don't think. Uh, so Everett is still going to be needed in a matchup that doesn't scare you against the Broncos. Shapples. Uh We've already mentioned him. I'm going to try and ride the hot hand with the tight end slash quarterback slash running back for the New Orleans Saints, Tatum, T- Taysom Hill. Um, I just don't see how if you're the Saints, you can have a guy have a game like that and not go, yeah, you know, we should try and give him the ball again. I mean... It was just an unbelievable stat line. I'm not suggesting he's going to repeat last week's display, but he might get put in some positions to do some damage. And as I said previously, at the tight end spot, I think that's the position where you could afford a boom-bust guy. Um, And yeah, I mean, after his his last display, he suddenly shot up to tight end seven. So even if you've had him all season, he's still not exactly tanking your team. So yeah, Taysom Hill in for another, not as big game, but good game. Nice. Quarterback, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. Alex, you'll be pleased to hear that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vikings are on a, a bit of a hot streak, really. It's it's melting up there. Um, What's melting? The the state okay. of Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> of Minnesota, it's melting because they're on that much of a hot streak. Um, I mean, Cousins has the weapons at his disposal, Dolphins are bottom eight in yards and completions and touchdowns given up. I mean, it's a dream matchup for Cousins, really. Uh, the Dolphins also have a defensive line that doesn't scare you all as the bottom ten in sacks and quarterback pressures. Kurt's going to have loads of time in the pocket to let his elite pass catchers do some serious damage this week. What time are they playing at? You, you can't tell oh, me you picked, no. you can't tell me you not, picked Kirk Cousins time. and didn't check right. the time of the game. That's true. I'm pretty sure Let's it isn't prime it. time though. Let's it's not. No, it. it's um, right, it's good. not. Okay, it's not. not it's not prime time. time. Kirk Cousins is going to be elite. Oh, yeah, there you go. Rookie rookie mistake from Yuli not checking the time of Vikings game. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Stafford. This one is is pretty pretty smelly as well. He's been really <laughs> bad. Um, but he gets Carolina this week, and I'm, I'm playing the matchups with my picks this week. I think because Carolina just sacked Matt Rule, they're an absolute mess, uh, and the Rams the the Rams don't need to just right the ship. They need to make a statement, and uh, I think they do that this week. Um, he did the he, he led so he led the league last year in interceptions, but it was fine because it kind of meant that he was a bit of a gunslinger and he was chucking it down the field, and that's been a criticism of some. Uh, of Aaron Rodgers the past few years he's, he's too safe it's too much about completion percentage last year showed you with Stafford that you know it is sometimes about taking those shots down the field and you can lead the league in interceptions and win the Super Bowl in the same year 
you know. Um, so I'm not majorly concerned about the interceptions. It would be nice if he didn't chuck like three a game, but the fact that he throws the interceptions doesn't majorly concern me with Stafford. You know, he was doing it last year. Um, it's it's the offense as how the offense functions as a whole is is the concerning thing. But it, it's the running game. It's because there's no running game. That's that's what. Um, that's what they had last year and what opened things up. So, so, you know, this week the Panthers are awful against the run. So I'm thinking that Henderson and Akers, mainly Henderson, can exploit that and open the field a bit for Stafford. So it's like last year, so he can sling it about to a few other people. And yeah, um, I think it's going to be a, a bounce back week and a pretty, uh, uh, a bit of a bolt race, to be honest. Nice. Sharples? Um, in what I'm assuming must be his last week before he goes on the forget about it list, I'm going for the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Um, Steelers have given up the six most points six most points to fancy quarterbacks, and they just got mauled by the Bills. I say you got to target this defence as long as they don't have TJ Watt, and who better do that with than Tom Brady with all his weapons back? I think it's going to be a really nice game for him and hoping a surefire hit. Yeah, lad, I I think he's teetering on it. He's teetering on it. There's just something. I think it's because we're, you're always thinking about last year and I, and I had Brady in my main team last year and he was amazing. And I think he should have won the real-life MVP last year. So the fact that it has been a bit like Lou said with this offense a bit, they look off it a bit and it, he, has, he has had... Um, a couple of nice weeks and a really good week a couple of weeks ago, Brady. You just kind of want to see a little bit more. I don't know about you, lads, it's, but it's like if I had him on my team and I had a pretty good other quarterback option, I still yet wouldn't be like locking Brady in my lineup every week. I want to. I really want to. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I want to see Tampa Bay absolutely stomp someone and they haven't done that yet. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Wide receiver, I'm going cheeky Gabe Davis. Nice. Um I mean, he's been boom bust this year, but he has been in his whole career, really. So this isn't necessarily me saying, okay, Davis is now a weekly start guaranteed. I don't think that. This is just me predicting when that next boom game is going to be, and it just happens to be directly after his last one. Um, Obviously, Davis torched the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. What did he get? 14 touchdowns against him in that game. Um, And the Bills are playing the Chiefs again. Um, both those teams have dynamic offences that can get the better of any defence in the league. Um, and looking at it from a Bills wide receiver perspective, Isaiah McKenzie's probably going to miss again, meaning a larger pie for Diggs and Davis. Chiefs defence, who are dead last in the league in terms of receptions and touchdowns given up. The bottom 10 in yards given up as well. This is to pass catchers. So, I mean... I think this is going to be an absolute shootout and there's going to be plenty of fancy points scored by these wide receivers. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm going Jacoby Myers. Um, bit of a weird one because he might not have his, his first or second choice quarterback, but uh, Myers, is, he looks really good. He's I think he's only played in three games this year maybe, but he's averaging 17 fantasy points, a nice, nice 19% target share on the team. Um, but as I just said, more than anything, it's going off the eye test. Myers looks really great. He's gotten into the end zone already this year, and you know he was he was allergic to touchdowns last year, so it's nice to see him 
he, he's already got one this year, but he's he's a safety blanket not just for for Zappi the 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 rookie third string quarterback, but for Mac Jones too. He's the safety blanket of this team. He's the clear number one wide receiver. You know, Devonny Parker's going to go up and he's going to get his his few targets every game, but he's not the kind of young, exciting player that Myers is. So yeah, he's got a nice matchup against Cleveland. Uh, start this guy, Jacoby Myers. Chapels, who's your wide receiver? So I went for a Tyler last week, and I'm going for a Tyler again this week. Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. It's heavily, heavily dependent on T. Higgins not playing, but from the news that I've uh, seen, it's not looking brilliant for Higgins to play this week. Um, and before before his injury, he, he'd had 26 targets in three games, so that is a large slice of pie for Tyler Boyd to hoover up. We just saw last week that the Saints' defense can support two high-scoring wide receivers in both Lockett and Metcalf. So I think this could be a good game for Tyler Boyd. I don't think Jamar Chase has been quite that target hog that he was last season. And I think if Higgins is out, there could be a there could be scope for a, a decent Tyler Boyd game. Okay, can we realistically ask the question of who is the number one on this team? Uh, realistically, yes. Um... But if the answer is Jamar Chase every time, because it is. I don't know because he was number one on his back. So <laughs> I, I think, I think Jamar Chase is amazing, but I don't think there is that big of a gap in terms of how good the players are between him and Higgins. I think Higgins looks and plays more like a wide receiver one, um, and he kind of, I don't know. Does 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 Higgins distract people? Uh, from Chase, or is it vice versa, Sharps? What, what, who would you say is the number one on this team? I think I think it has to be Chase. Uh, they obviously spent that large amount of draft capital uh, on him. I think it's just a, you know, that I think it's just a factor of last season. He he was propped up by a lot of deep plays, like a lot of deep plays, mm, and I feel yeah, like yeah. T Higgins is probably better as a as a slot or a more physical receiver, so you're not as reliant on a big bomb from Joe Burrow. Um, I still think Jamar Chase is the more talented uh, wide receiver. I still think he's considered the number one, but, I mean, certainly when you factor factor into into account draft capital and what you spent on them, then T. Higgins is looking like the much uh, much smarter pick. Yeah, Higgins... like Sorry, Chase feels like the number one, but it also feels like Higgins is the first read on more... Passing plays, like because it, it, Chase has the explosive plays, but Higgins has all the work underneath. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you correct whoever you pick. It's it's a bit like the Vikings a few years ago when it was Thielen and Diggs. It's like who's yeah. the number one there? Well, the both are. You yeah. know. So let's move on to the week six preview. Just a quick look at the games that we're looking forward to. Um, Continuing the theme of just absolutely vile Thursday night games, the Commanders play the Birds. Yeah, that's the game that I'm not watching this week. Yeah. Um, horrible. I'm, I mean, yeah, not at all. No, thank you. Worst game of the week, by far. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sharples, do you have your tier list of games for us? I do. Um, again, relatively bottom-heavy. Uh, would you like the good news or the bad news? Give me the good news first. Good news, well, we got some what should be absolute corkers in. Certainly, I think the the premier match is going to be the Chiefs versus the Bills. 
don't think anyone's going to argue with me on that one. But I also think Cowboys Eagles. Cowboys Eagles. Yeah, they're the two games that, that I think everyone should have their eyes on this week. Yeah. I think Vikings at Dolphins could be sneaky good depending on the Dolphins quarterback situation. And I also think Ravens at Giants and Jets at Packers could be interesting games. Yeah, definitely. Sharples, give us give us the bad news. Well, we already mentioned Bears, Commanders, but unfortunately we've got a few more. I think the Colts, Jaguars is going to be a bit of a stinker. Uh, I think the Browns, Patriots is going to be a bit of a stinker. And I think if the Rams continue the way they're going, the Rams, Panthers is going to be in probably running Bears, Commanders close for the worst game, actually. So, yeah, a couple of not great ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on all of those, actually. Um, the Sunday night game, as we mentioned, is the Cowboys against the Eagles at 20 past one over here. That's, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm going to be watching that. Why do they keep putting the Broncos in primetime, by the way? Stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, as I was saying, Monday night game, Broncos taking on the Chargers. Yeah, I don't really... I mean, it should be an easy win for the Chargers, really. Chargers haven't looked very convincing. But though. they haven't at all. Um, any closing notes, chaps? Remember the bye weeks. Don't forget about your bye weeks. Try and get ahead sooner rather than later on those waivers because if you have a bit of a bipocalypse like I do on my team this week, it's just better to get in there with those waivers. Japples, anything? Uh, I would just say, um, remember, it doesn't matter what the bookies say, if it's the Saints versus a bird team, you know they're getting that W. Oh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Enjoy week six. Bye, week. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Bye, week. Bye. Week. <laughs>